Welcome to the Ancient Way Podcast, where we discuss what it looks like to live as a Gentile following a Jewish Messiah. Put simply, we want to help others rediscover an ancient way by embracing the Jewishness of Jesus. We're glad you're here. Welcome everyone to the Ancient Way Podcast. We are on episode five today, and uh, Jim and I, John, are your hosts, where we're talking about uh, what it looks like to live as a Gentile following a Jewish Messiah. And one of the things we talk about a lot is that Jesus is Jewish, which means his life was steeped in Jewish practices. And so our heritage comes uh, as followers of Jesus from this uh, just rich heritage steeped in Hebrew soil. So we are continuing our conversation around the idea of Sabbath and what does that look like for us. And one of the things that I'll just kind of jump right into, uh, I thought this could be interesting to kind of frame some of our conversation uh, where we've been discussing questions that people have asked us. Um, but I was in a, in, a, in a discussion with a friend to, uh, this week around, you know, what does it look like uh, to create rituals and these rhythms to help your kids love God? And immediately my mind went to the Sabbath. Um, but one of the things he brought up that I thought was interesting, uh, where he was, he was kind of lamenting the fact that our Western culture is at odds with a, like a family environment or even just a communal environment, like with a broader community that's centered around God and how um, he's just been going through every single week feeling exhausted and drained and he's running from one thing to another from like sports events with his kids to birthday parties to just nonstop go, go, go. And what kind of stood out to me is like maybe one of the reasons like Sabbath is so challenging at times is because it is at odds with our culture and like people in general don't have this idea of what it means to, to slow down and to stop doing all of the things. And it just like immediately I'm thinking about Sabbath because in essence, by practicing it, you are like you're, you're kind of putting a, a line in the sand, putting a, like a flag down saying, hey, we're going to do things differently than the rest of the culture. And that can be really difficult. But it also was like, I don't like what stood out to me is we've only talked about Sabbath a little bit. Um, and so it really wasn't centered around that, but how, like, even in his language, that was something like he deeply wanted rest and wanted this like better rhythm for his life and for the sake of his family. And it was like prompting these questions that he hadn't asked before. So, um, I don't really know how to like start other than just kind of setting this context. Um, may, maybe a question for you, Jim is, you know. What, like what comes to mind when you you hear some of these things and uh i don't know we could get into the sabbath and how it's at odds with the culture but any thoughts come to mind hearing this yeah um so i was speaking yesterday with a, a brother that is uh was raised in a messianic home his father was jewish his mother was a presbyterian he grew up celebrating everything and um went to a messianic school where they studied Hebrew and he resented it then. He loves it mm -hmm. now. He loves that he owns that knowledge in his head now. And um, I said, you know, 
so I'm a Gentile, right? And um, the Lord has brought me to this church. I go every Sunday. It's a Pentecostal church, so like they never know when to go home. We start in the morning at 2 o'clock. They're still rolling. And, and in order to have something that looks like a life, I leave at 1 o'clock regardless of what's going on. So I mean, usually all the, for me, all the wonderful stuff has already happened, and now we just don't know how to go home, so I go home. And, but I start Shabbat on Friday afternoon, all day Saturday, because, you know, the sun went down, but really, I'm going to start a project now? He's like, no. So my weekend is like Friday night, Saturday, Sunday I'm in church, 3 o'clock, I'm having lunch, and what's left? And it, 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 I'm frustrated by that, and I want to go to a, um, a church that meets on Saturday in the afternoon so that I'm not rushing, scrambling to get to service because it's Shabbat. I want to enjoy the rest he called me to. And uh, he said, well, I'm a pastor, and I serve on Sundays in a Christian, a, a mainline Christian church. Um, he said, but my family and I practice Shabbat. You know, he said, if you look at Genesis, what did God do? Go to a worship service for himself? No, he rested. He said, so if you've Great set point. aside Friday night and Saturday to, to, to unplug, to share in the community of your family, and then you go to church on Sunday. He says that that works. It just works. And I was like, dang, you just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I belong in the church I go to, but what it costs my life to be occupied every Friday, night, Saturday, Sunday is not something I, I really want to pay. But um, I'm finding that the beautiful family experience you can have. And if you are blessed enough to have a community of believers to share it with, I mean, like with you, with your extended family, um, and you go to a church on Sunday, I, I guess it works. Um, it, it's, uh, I really do believe, best case scenario, there's a fellowship you go to in the afternoon, you eat that meal together, and you just engage in the, fel the, the larger context of, of, let's say, Christian fellowship or you know whatever. Um, right. and then Sunday's a day you have to get things done. That to me is the best case scenario, but this also is where the Lord brought me and I believe it's sowing the beauty of Shabbat hmm. and yet I'm still, um, and you know, still going to church on Sunday. Yeah. Do you feel like that answers your question at all? Well, I've got more thoughts on this because, um, one, I, I can empathize with it from some of my own experiences in the past where uh, I was actually working at a church at the time where I, like Sunday was my job. It was the first day of my week and we worked Sunday through Thursday. And that rhythm was like one of the best rhythms that we had because we were fully present with our family on the Sabbath. And that space, I think, really set us up well to develop good rhythms where you know, I was doing my, my yard work and house chores, household chores on Friday. And then we would wind down for Friday night, Arab Shabbat. And then we'd, uh, uh, Sabbath all day Saturday. And it was great. Like when I look back, that was still the best rhythm that we've had. And even contrasting it to what your friend is talking about on like having a, like being a pastor and working. Like, that's true. Like, when I've had to host a service, like, service in my home on Shabbat, 
it's not always restful unless I am like very prepared ahead of time. And that was like helpful, but there's still an aspect of you've got people in your home and yep. it's, it's just something you've got to think about. Sometimes they can leave a mess. Uh, thankfully, our family's good about cleaning up after themselves. Sometimes. Yeah, but it still like can be a burden. So I do think there's some there's a tremendous amount of wisdom in that. Um, that is really helpful. So the there, there's a there's a second part, though, and this might be a little bit of a tangent. But the, the friend that I was talking with, one of the things he said is that his his uh, daughter did not want to go to church on Sunday because she found it boring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that this is maybe not apples to apples with what you're talking about because you're in a good church on a Sunday where you feel like you're supposed to be there. Right. Right. Um, but this was a question for him is how, how does he get his children to lean in to loving God and Amen. loving other people? And how do you cultivate this, like this sense of excitement, uh, excitement? I don't know. Maybe that's the wrong word, but like awe for God or this like inclination to want to know the things of God and mm-hmm. how much does practicing the Sabbath can it can it help with some of those things like we're at a we're at a spot where you know we're older and you know we've we've grown into these ways but as we're trying to teach our our children like that's kind of what I started thinking about too in this other vein where um, we found our kids really start to look forward to Sabbath where they kind of nice. count down the days like is it Shabbat yet is it Shabbat um, and literally their whole week is centered around that that rhythm and wonderful it's like well uh it just got me thinking how did we get here how like is it just the the act of doing something every day uh, every week i mean but then i like contrast it with what my friend was talking about where his his child doesn't have that same mindset towards church on sunday so what is it that is helping to cultivate that desire for god yeah, I I feel like they're not as you know. So you, your your life is pretty regimented with work and et cetera, et cetera. So, but they're not asking, "Is it Wednesday yet? Is it Wednesday yet?" Right. But they are asking, "Is it Shabbat yet?" So I I think you need to answer that question whether today or next time. Like, what is it we did that connected? And and heaven knows that might even ask involve you asking them, "What about Shabbat? Do you like?" And um. I mean, I think we've had the Disney conversation before. It's like, if you ask my wife, what does she like about, the, you know, we go to Disney a lot, right? She said, she will say nothing about Disney. She'll say, I love that I have a few days regularly that it's just me and you. I am, you're all mine. I'm all yours. It's just us. So, it has nothing to do with Guardians of the Galaxy or um, Flight of Passage or, or uh, she's Italian, so the restaurants do get her, to be perfectly honest. But it, and you, but, to be honest. But the thing that she's after is me right. and my undivided attention. And um, so the thing that's appealing to kids may or may not have anything to do with Shabbat proper, but they get you. Yeah. Uh, it, it may be. And I don't even know if they would be able to articulate it, but they might. Um, but you know what? They have. Like, as, oh, as you've said you said this, they have. I'm like, what do you love about Shabbat? And they're like, you spend time with us. Like, that's literally their response. Wow. And, and they love it because it's undivided attention on, on that day. 
And it makes sense, too, because every day during the week, like last night, Thursday, they're asking me, like, can you come Can you come watch us play? Can you spend time with us? Like, can mm. you be with us? Just be in the oh, room. Boy. I just want your presence. And then oh, boy. that's like, I don't know, as I'm saying this now and hearing you talk, it's like, isn't that kind of the same thing that God wants on Shabbat, on Sabbath, is to with just him. spend time with him. Just be there. Yes. Enjoy yes. his presence. Yes. Like, yes. it's kind of blowing my mind right now, just talking about it that way. Well... You know, um, boy, this this is hard because it's so rich. Um, I I I think so. Obviously, you've achieved something fabulous. I guess as a dad, I would want to prayerfully find a way to reach them for him within the context of this wonderful moment they have, where they're whether it's the uh, Torah portion or whatever, in a way that could be meaningful to them. And not feel a pie in the sky, like yeah, whoever, fine. The ultimate redemptive price, great. I'm so happy. Can we play? <laughs> you know, I, I, what, what could you teach, or how could you? So, because at some point they're going to leave you, and we're thrilled about the fact that they love Shabbat. Can they carry it on their mm -hmm. own? Can they actually have a spiritual layer that they will give to their kids and their wife and whatever? So, to me, I think the mission is finding out how to reach them in a way that's meaningful. Uh, like, you know, my, I raised my kids in the 90s and we had um, Superbook and uh, we, we could watch yeah, one of those and Superbook. discuss a Bible story within the context of a kid's perception of the Bible story. And just let it let it be a slice of what you do, but making sure you've shown up personally and intimately for the rest of the day because you know that's where they're connecting. But I've also... You know, it's like giving it's like giving the dog the pill you want wrapped up in salami, <laughs> and it's like uh, so the salami would be your your the wonder of your presence, and the the pill would be I'm attaching you to Yahweh in the most subtle and regular of ways. Yeah. So to me, that would be because I'm actually teaching you to Shabbat. I, I'm teaching you that there is a spiritual component too, and um, so like. This week, I've had a really busy week. I, I have a plethora of early appointments. I don't do early all that well. I never have. And uh, I got up late enough that I wasn't going to get my prayer time. I, I, I take my prayer time walking every day. And um, I'm, I'm doing this high-protein diet that has fried my blood sugar. And uh, I just was like a dead body in bed. And I said, you know... If if I could magically have coffee ready for me, I probably could just get up and go and have breakfast when I return and still have time for you, meaning him. And then he reminded me, he says, there is a cup of tea in your refrigerator. You made it and you made too much. So it's sitting there. You could have that. And I really feel like, I feel like my time was so important to him that he made sure huh. he was going to take care of this comatose boy that's in love with him so i went in i nuked it i gulped it out the door i felt great and i did my prayer time and then i did my day and i just felt like my time mattered to him hmm. so much so that he took care of my caffeine addiction like it was just so kind that's amazing so i feel like i feel like doing that for the kids like yeah you matter so much to me i want to spend time with you yeah I, and obviously you've killed it, by the way, because uh, they're asking you, when is it coming? <laughs> yeah, and, but this is, this is like, I don't know, two, two things. I feel like I always have two things after you talk. 
the <laughs> great. Oh, as long um, as one of them is then I wish he would shut up. We were all no, good, it's, you know. It's 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 perfect. Um <laughs> one is that we we have started a rhythm. It's it's been about nine weeks now where uh we take some time uh Shabbat morning. It's usually around nine, nine thirty. And we will uh, pick some songs. Normally, there's some hymns that we've been teaching our kids, mm -hmm. and we'll sing them together. And oh boy, it's beautiful. And then we'll like we're trying to do the ones that they know. So the like, the selection we have is pretty small right now. So we're trying to teach them some more. Um, so we're doing that, and they're like singing songs that are like worshipful. And then Hell we yeah. generally end with the Shema that's actually sung in Hebrew. Um, from uh. Joshua Aaron, and they know it. They can sing the whole thing, um, like word for word. Even my my two and a half year old can sing it. It's incredible. And so there, it's not like your you described as maybe the 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 thing we don't want to have. Like they actually enjoy it. And I'll teach them a lesson from from the Bible that's on their level and engage them and have some like some activity that they can draw or color while we're while we're doing it. And so obviously my, my older son, he's like, he, it, it's incredible how much he retains and, and knows from week to week. And you can see that on different age levels. But I found that to be really good. But the second thing that, that like it came up in what you were talking about, um, but also what my friend was saying is some of this like reminds me of the, the Jewish uh, lifestyle, for lack of a better word where I think about the biblical feasts and how they're very uh, familial and community driven. Absolutely. Um, and, and you have these like these milestones throughout the year that are steeped in God yes. and what he's done for you. That's very different than our Western Americanized culture where it's, you could easily go through every single Hallmark holiday without a thought or care for God, even Christmas. Right. No and, question. And so, what what is like striking me here is how we're trying to find ways like this is part of why i love the feasts and i'm sure we'll talk about them in the future we've got some coming up in the fall um but they're steeped in god and you cannot go well, i guess you could go through them but as we go through them i cannot do that as this detached ritual that's divorced from like like god and we're like our kids are also leaning into that too. And so what um kind of connected to something I read this week, like in the the Parsha, the Torah portion, this week is Deuteronomy six. And I'm gonna read it real quick and because I feel like it relates, but it, it's literally the Shema. Um where it says, Hear, O Israel, uh, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And we say this to our kids all the time. You are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. Um, and then this last part, these words which I'm ordering you today are to be on your heart, and you are to teach them carefully to your children. You are to talk about them when you sit at home, when you're traveling on the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. And it's that idea that like, no matter where, you're, where you are, like everything is steeped in God. Um, like Amen. it says in Amen. scripture, everything exists, uh, like to him, for him and through him. Yes. yes. And that's the part that got me thinking is like, that's very, like, it's so easy in our, our Western mindset to think church is Sunday. That's the day for God. And all of the other six days of the week are for, for us or to right. be devoid of what he's doing in us. Right. But that's not true either. Nope. So like how, 
Like, is there a way outside of a Jewish lifestyle to cultivate this sense of awareness of God and how he's working in every single day and every single moment? Because, like, that's what I think is really important to my kids. If it's just one day a week and that's all we talk about God, I mean, are they really going to grow up to love him with all of their heart, soul, and mind? Um, no. Probably not. So I am sure that in mainstream Christianity, by mainstream I mean like Baptist or charismatic churches, um, this is possible if the parents are walking so close to the Lord that just by being close to Him, they have this witness and drive to create that. In Within the context of Hebrew roots or Judaism as a whole, it's upfront and obvious and instructed. Like, it's easy to know the way to go because it's so clear. I don't know that it's as forthcoming hmm. within your average Christian church, however. Um, there are people who just get this and know this and build it because what they have in the Lord is brilliant. And if you, you know, he, he doesn't change. He's not a different God in, in Israel than he is in America's Christianity. He's the same. So he's going to lead you to that. If you have eyes that see ears that hear and a heart that understands, it's just so much easier within a Jewish context because it's all constructed in that vein. And I love, I, I've, I'm, to me, that is so seductive to a believer to lean in this Hebrew way because of the overt quality of the familial setting and the community setting, yeah. which I just love. I, I, I have to back up uh, because, you, you know, when you have two things to say, <laughs> you are so significant that I want to respond to the first thing, but I want to respect your need to finish the second one, but then we have to back up to the first one. Let's back up. So, so I'm listening to what you do with Shabbat with your kids, and I love it, by the way. You, you should teach, I guess you are right now, teaching how to Shabbat uh, to Gentiles. In fact, and, and I admire what you do completely. I don't know if you do this, and I don't want to insult your intelligence if you are, but so you, you teach out of the Torah portion something that relates to them, you know, the fabulous, right in the money. Well, actually, um, we, we, it's not always the Torah portion for the kids. Like, we actually have a different type of curriculum that's geared towards kids. That cool. Great guide. Cool. What I want to say is, I think it, if you're singing songs and, and your, your little kids can sing in Hebrew, you've got to be kidding me. That's just beautiful. And, uh, you know, I'm, if I had a hat, I'd be tip, tipping it to you. Uh, but when you sing, I would actually walk them through the lyrics to say, what does this actually mm. mean? So what you're teaching them is not to sing religious songs but to enter into communion with the Lord as they sing these songs. Like, I think Christians make a very grievous mistake when they mm. sing a lot of these choruses in church without interpreting what they mean. Totally. I want to, like, I want to know you, Jesus. I love you. I want to know you and your sufferings. What? Do you mean that? You're talking to God. You're saying, I want to know you in your sufferings. If you don't really mean that, you should not be insulting his intelligence right. with this religious platitude that you have no skin in the game. Because these, I'm sorry, they're, they're prayers in disguise. And if you are asking him to share, and is it noble to share the sufferings? Yes. Did Paul teach it? Yes. Are you really asking? 
right. to share in his sufferings. These words mean something. You're standing before the living God. And I'd want to teach my kids to recognize the lyrics and mean them. And then don't insult them if you can't. If this is too far for you, we should sing another song because our respect of God is so great that our words to him, our songs to him matter. Yeah. So I, I, and it's not so much that I want to make my kid afraid to sing before God, but um, um, I, I wish I could, um, you know, wonderful counselor, uh, you're beautiful, and all these things. I said, you're actually saying this to him. He's receiving this like an actual thing that you are saying. Do you recognize how beautiful your interaction right. with his, him is right here? And um, just teach them to understand that worship is deep and rich and true, and it's not a bunch of songs. It's meaningful. Totally. It, I think maybe we talked about this earlier this week, but the, the Hebrew word kavana means yes. like intention and yes like yes. you're you're approaching prayer or worship with intentionality not this flippant oh i'm just saying words because i've got to quickly recite this you know x number of times a day but no it's like savoring the words and and meaning them from your heart as yes. you as you sing songs to the king of the universe whatever it may you know may be or say a prayer and I, I am totally with you on that. Like, yeah, it's yeah. incredibly important because, you know, I, I grew up in this in, like Christian environment and it's so easy to just go through the motions, regardless of where you land. If you're in like a mainline Christian denomination or you're steeped in uh, Judaism or Messianic Judaism, it's so easy to just, yeah, I'm doing this because I have to instead of like out of this intense desire and love for God. And yeah. It takes, yeah, we've got to cultivate that. Um, yes. So I like, love You it. know the song Waymaker? Mm -hmm. Like you call him Waymaker, Promise Keeper, Light in My Darkness. Um, my God, that is who you are. Like teaching that song. Totally. He is a waymaker. And if you feel lost, he can make a way where there seems to be no way. In fact, King David, da da da, da. Promise Keeper. You can trust him to honor his word. Uh, right. Light in my darkness. You ever don't know what to do? Well, he's the light in your darkness. And actually right. teach them. Every one of these words is you and him. It's your life right there. And when you sing it, you might be young now, but there might be a coming time where you need a way where there seems to be no way. Right. Or you need to know that his words said this and you can trust him to live up to it. You know, you're literally taking a song they were singing and turning it into worship, turning it into directives for their life. Yeah. So to me, it is so rife with opportunity to train up a child in the way they should go. They thought they were singing, but you were actually teaching them about life. And the songs we pick to sing, I'm, I'm after teaching you something when you utter these words. That's great. I, yeah. I, I think it's the Thank same you. way, too. Like as we um, we've talked about Kiddush, right? But that yes. the first line, blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe. Um, we've done some of that with our kids. Like we're blessing God's name because we're so grateful for who he is. And he's the yes. king of the universe, which means he yes. rules over all things and yes. nothing escapes his sight. And so we trust him out of our, our faith in him. And so there's like yes. so many opportunities to, to teach that to kids. And, and I think that's like right on point with what we're saying is like, how maybe that's the question how do we become more aware of those opportunities that just kind of fly by us because we're too busy we're in a hurry instead of really like taking the time to to talk about it with our kids yes. to unpack the things that we say yes. 
every single day. So by Kiddush, you mean the opening prayer that you enter into Shabbat on Friday. This, right. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. saying this for the sake of people who don't know. Yeah, like that's honestly something that, so in Hebrew, it's Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu uh, Melech HaOlam. And it's, if, if you are in like a Jewish home, I've heard a lot of people because I'm like, how do I learn these words? And yes. I've listened to it and some there's like a, a cantonation to it, like where you say it the right way. And that can be really important in a, in a Jewish setting. But what I've observed sometimes is they just rush through it because you've got this huge, long, like long prayer that you've got to say in Hebrew and you miss that ability to savor and, and really like linger on what the words mean. And my, my point is you could do this in a Jew, like you could have the same challenge in a Jewish context or a mainline Christian. Yeah. Um, Isn't but this where you quote Heschel? Probably. <laughs> I think it is. I feel it coming. Oh, it might be. I don't have it on my tongue right now, but uh, it, it, it starts to something like don't offer prayers. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. Don't let the words, words uh, fall off like, your lips like dead leaves in autumn, but yes. rise like birds to the expanse of eternity. That, um, I'm yeah, in love I with that. I memorize that. But it's so true. And, and like Heschel's book was so convicting in this because he's the one that I first read talking about Kavana and bringing this like immense intentionality to prayer. Um, and, and, you know, maybe a little off topic, but, you know, sometimes Christians can be like, look at Jewish practices and, and say that they're religious and they're steeped in ritual and are devoid of meaning. But what Heschel says, and what I think is also in scripture, it's really the posture of our heart. So, yes, uh, regardless of where you land on that, like the, the church spectrum, like we've got to be intentional about how we how we say the words. Do we say them with meaning um, or do we not? You know what? That sentence means so much to me that um, I don't have any tattoos yet. <laughs> but if I do, I may very well tattoo that line to my body because I believe that line with all my heart and soul. Yes. That I don't want to offer him dried leaves that fall in autumn. I want to do the, the bird's yeah. that uh, ascend into the heavenly realm. Wow, it's just the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Um, you know, it, it's just gorgeous. So um, good. Honestly, John, I think in the future we need to actually share Kiddush. Like, how do you do it? What do you say? Why do you say it? What does it mean? And oh, actually say, great. if you wanted to try it, this is how you do it. Because that's exactly what we're here for, to say, yeah. these things work for us. These things really didn't work for us. Here's why. But you know, you you, you um, you're so much more well versed than than I am uh, with the Hebrew words like kiddush and whatever. Um, I think we owe it to people to say, you want to try it. So go ahead and choose rest. Just rest. Just just chill out for it. But you want to kick it up a notch and align more with Israel. This is what it looks like on a Friday night. I love it. Let's let's do that next episode. That sounds. I think we should. All right. <laughs> it might be a solo performance because you'll be teaching me. It's uh, all right. Quite honestly, what, what we'll we are... do, I'll have you get get a, a glass of wine and I'll I'll lead you into it. So I'll I'll have to have your participation. It'll be great. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, yeah, sounds perfect. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this conversation. Episode five of the Ancient Way. We'll talk to you again. Thanks for listening to the Ancient Way podcast, where our work is made possible by generous supporters like you. 
To find more podcasts and free resources, we invite you to visit theancientway.org. See you next time.